It's the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Kruger, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. All right, today's episode, the McMinnville photos. I think I wrote Hell McMinnville yeah. on my, my notes. Kind of, I kept uh, saying McMinnville. I, I, I kept on saying McMinnville too. <laughs> yeah, this is probably one of, if not the most famous UFO photo ever. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that in part is because it's been around so long. But another reason is that there's actually really good evidence that it was not a hoax that it was an actual physical object that was photographed. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the, um, well, let's, let's take a look. Actually, you guys want to pull up a picture or the pictures, and maybe we'll talk about what the pictures show real quick before we get into the details of the case. Hell yeah. So let's, yeah, let's type that up in the old googly machine. Yeah. So the picture is taken with a, a camera of the era. It's not a very, you know, uh, uh, advanced type of platform so the uh, one of the things that really struck me first of all in the the picture was kind of like the haziness of it all i mean the the garage and like the uh, the fuel tank that's like next to the garage uh, along with a uh, that big electrical pole isn't necessarily too um foggy but like the rest of it is you know so uh, you can tell immediately that this was taken on a very old camera you know so uh, in my opinion yeah. Um, that kind of sets the, uh, the stage, you know what I mean? And like, cause it's yeah. not, it's not a very, it's, it's, it's a little grainy, you know, um, the object in it is, is it's an object and, and it's very well defined, but it's not like, uh, you can't see it like necessarily in detail. You know, if you were to zoom in like really close on the picture and there's, there's a, a lot of that available online. You can, you can see zoomed in images, um, it's, it's, uh, the edges are all kind of grainy and stuff. You can't really see detail. So, I mean, in my opinion, that's, you know, I'll just come out and say it, you know, uh, early on, I think the image is far away and that's, that is the reason why I think it's uh, farther away than an image that might be hanging from wires. You know what I mean? Right. And also, like you mentioned, it looks like it's cloudy out because supposedly it was cloudy out and foggy out that day. Remember this is in Oregon. So it's, Often the weather there in Oregon can be like that. I don't think I've been to this specific area, but hey, they supposedly have a, a yearly UFO festival, so maybe someday, huh? Yeah. That'd be fun. Well, and and by the way, actually, this this incident didn't happen in Mc, uh, McMinnville, McMinnville, McMillan, McMinnville, McMinnville, whichever comes yeah, first. It, <laughs> you know, what it was mean? actually closer to Sheridan, Oregon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, they they have a farm out there, so they're not like right next to like a, a city or town or anything. They're out on their own little homestead, you know. Yeah, I wonder, what? I wonder why it, they call it that. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe because that's the newspaper that published it or something. I don't know. Well, the, that was one of the one of the first uh, newspapers that that um, interviewed them. Right? Was in uh, McMin- McMin- McMillanville. Mc- yeah, McMinnville. Whichever comes first, <laughs> Ville. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's kind of one of those things where just like, yeah, uh, it was, it was close to that area. So that's probably one of those, those, uh, towns that people were most familiar with. So that's why they, they labeled it like that, you know? Right. You can find high resolution scans of these photos online. Just do a quick search. There's some stuff on Wikipedia. 
There's a lot of stuff you can find that has like photo, like filters put on it to analyze it and stuff. So it's, it's readily available to see it. And when you look at the photo, um, it like ETA was saying, it does look like it's a foggy day and you could see. So generally what you're seeing in the image is you see, uh, looks like, you know, kind of Hills in the distance. You're looking over like maybe a little fence right in front and you see some power lines and you see the sky and to the left, you see a, a building, the corner of a building. It's hard to tell what kind of building it is. And then there's a fuel tank you can see right next to the building. So I, I suggest anybody who's unfamiliar, go look at this photos, but I, I'm sure hey. you've seen these photos at some point. What's hey, real up? quick. Do you know what that fuel tank reminds me of? No, I don't. The fallout series. Oh yeah. It kind of does actually. Heck uh, yeah. just, just by it's a little rounded at the top and bottom. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like right. a, a cylinder, but yeah, it's, it's a, uh, for whatever reason, it kind of reminds me of those, uh, those, uh, generators that you can get the uh, power cells out of. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's some trees, there's some hills and some shapes that could be structures in the background, but it's kind of hazy. So it's hard to say. Fusion cores. And, Sorry. I meant to say fusion cores. Sorry. Oh yeah. Fusion cores. Yeah. And that's pretty much all there is to the photo. And, and there's, there are power lines or what could be power lines or telephone lines, both below and above the object. And at the very top of the photo, you can see the power lines going across and the power lines at the top of the photo look to me, it's, it's hard to tell cause you don't really have much of a reference point, but to me, they look much closer than the power lines underneath of the object. I'm not seeing any sort of reference point for those power lines, you're not sure what they're connected to. They're just kind of floating at the top of the photo. And some people say that there's like an indentation on one of those, but I'm not seeing anything that would indicate an indentation that looks like it's being hung. But yeah, that's it. There's, I mean, and there's of course the UFO, which looks like a fairly classical flying saucer. It's a straight up flying saucer, like out of a, a 1950s science fiction movie or something. It's crazy. Yeah. Even uh, on some of the, uh, the zoomed in images, you can even see that it has like a little, like uh, I suppose like what could be like antenna. an antenna or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's also, uh, that's also, you want to get into uh, one of the uh, quick explanations in the day that the people had. Well, let's, let's get to the hoaxes later on maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it's one of the photos to me looks like it has an antenna. And then the other one looks like it has a bump where the antenna is. It's, it doesn't look like an antenna. Yeah. So I wonder if that antenna is some sort of distortion or artifact or something. Obviously this is not a digital picture, but, um, I don't know, but yeah, it just, it looks like a straight up classic flying saucer. So that's the picture. I'll go over real quick. Some of the surround, like what they saw on that day. And then we'll kind of just go into some different topics surrounding this. So the photographs were taken on the 11th of May in 1950 at 7:30 PM in the evening by Paul Trent and his wife, Evelyn, was also there. What happened was Evelyn was walking back towards the house. I guess she was like feeding some chickens or something like that. Uh, and she was doing chores of some kind. So she walked towards the house and she saw this, the metallic disc sort of flying slowly. And it was approaching from the Northeast. She watched it and she called for her husband. She called out for Paul, who was in the house. And he came out to see what was going on. They both Paul! watched it for a, there's a flying saucer out there yonder. Get the camera. Get the camera. Oh, get the camera now. He came out and watched it with her for a little bit. And then he ran back in to get his camera. And he was able to take two photos of the object before it sped away. And I'm guessing I haven't operated the kind of camera that he had. You can find pictures of what he probably had online. 
but it looks like something that would be fairly difficult to operate. You'd probably have to do a lot of cranking and whatever. You wouldn't be able to just snap yeah. off a bunch of pictures in a short yeah, amount of time. Yeah, snap a picture and then, and then wind it up, right? Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about like technical stuff later, but the two photos were taken from two slightly different vantage points because he had to move to get the object. The object was traveling and it kind of went behind a building from his vantage point. So he moved to the side to keep it in, in his vantage so he could actually get a photo of it. And also he kneeled down for one of the photos. So the photos are taken from, uh, we have a different lateral position and a different horizontal position, which is important for later on. But the film itself was not developed until much later, or, you know, uh, I think maybe a month later because the role wasn't finished. He finished up the role on May 14th for mother's day. And then he sent it in to be developed. So I guess they were not in any sort of hurry to get this thing developed and we'll talk about that a little later when we talk about the hoaxes, probably. Yeah. But well, and part of the reason, from what I understand, um, from what they stated themselves as well, is they, they particularly were not in a hurry to develop the, the film or make anybody else aware of the film, really, or the pictures, because they were worried that what they had observed was like a, a secret military craft of some sort. And they were worried that those pictures were actually going to bring trouble to them. So they, they didn't come out straight away and, and say, hey, look what we got. You know what I mean? Right. Like they, the story got so they around were, before then, but yeah, they hadn't like uh, they were, produced. Yeah. yeah. Good. They were interviewed for uh, magazines, newspapers, for radio, and probably their biggest out uh, publication was Life Magazine. That's where they really, it really caught on at the national and even international levels. So it sort of became a sensation. So that's. Well, it's like the, going, it's like going viral nowadays. Yeah. That's the basic story of the McMinnville photos. That's essentially what happened. Oh, and also the Paul's father supposedly saw it too for a short, short amount of time, but um, that's not really that important, but um, that's pretty much in a nutshell what happened. So let's start talking about some stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys and we can talk a little bit about um, some of the stuff surrounding this, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's start with the, the simple stuff first. Um, so, uh, Immediately, like uh, right after, people made correlations between like mirrors that were on like uh, pickup trucks and stuff at the time and said that, hey, these guys were just suspending a freaking uh, mirror on the side of a pickup truck from a string from like fishing wire, you know, um, which is kind of interesting. And we'll talk about this later, but there has been multiple um, analysis of the, uh, the negatives and the photos themselves. Uh, some people claim that they see um, something that can indi indicate a string might have been there, but there has been so much photo analysis on the negatives themselves. And, and, um, those particular different analysis that we'll talk about here just shortly, uh, from what I understand, the majority of them, you know, people went into, uh, trying to prove this photo false and they weren't able to, as a matter of fact, some of them came out the other side, like the Connor report, um, came out the other side of it, like basically supporting the Trent's story, you know? Um, it's, it's a very interesting, interesting situation. And, and one of the reasons why I really love, uh, this case, because these photos have really, um, standed the test of time to this day, these photos are still, uh, brought up anytime, you know, there's a list of like, uh, you know, um, UFO photos that are still, you know, unexplained or what have you, whatever YouTube video you're watching or, or a news report that happens to, uh, you know, wind the wheels on this one. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those ones that it, it's from, from my satisfaction, it hasn't been proven wrong to be quite honest. I'm not saying that it's definitely UFO, but 
the reason why this case is so strong is because it has standed the test of time. You know, I mean, um, it's it's pretty solid, these photos, I think, you know. But we'll get into why that is the case. But um, but yeah, it, it makes total, total sense to me that like uh, some people would, would, you know, being in their uh, right state of mind and wanting to explain this away as something that's just coincidence, you know, um, and also a hoax, you know, because uh, they don't believe in UFOs. It, it, at first glance, when you look at like a, a picture of a, one of those side river mirrors on a truck, uh, the circular ones, um, there are, 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 you know, uh, bolted to a uh, bracket with just one nut and they have like kind of something sticking up on the top of them, you know, which in some of these pictures, it kind of, yeah, yeah that could be the antennae, you know what I mean? So uh, that makes perfect sense to me. It really does that, that, that somebody would correlate that, you know, and then say, Hey, look, <laughs> they were just, you know, suspending one of these things from a, a fishing wire on this, on this, uh, the, this, uh, the power line there, you know, but the one thing that really stops me, because when I first heard that 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 uh, description, that that uh, reason, explanation for what had really happened, I was like, "Oh goddamn! All right, well, actually, that really does look like it could be a side rear view mirror from a truck of that day. It really does." But when you look at the picture, um, I don't see how. Because all right, so if you were going to suspend that thing from wires, or it would have to be the two wires at the top of the picture that are are obviously far closer than the wires that are are you know coming from that that pole back uh, further further out in the in the picture. Um, it does not look to me like that object lines up with that line of reasoning. Just the way all the uh, what what we call basically before like fog. You know, um, it, it, how, 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 uh, how much, not necessarily distortion, but, um, what we were talking oh, about, they call it atmospheric extinction or whatnot. That's yes, scattering. I like, remember that. Uh, yeah. Like it blurs off into the, well, and there was, yeah, there was, and there was fog. Supposedly there was fog and stuff. It was, it was an overcast day. It was you definitely know? a cloudy day. Yeah. So that to me, the image, the way that the image is, is represented in the picture makes sense that it would be farther out because you do see, see some of that distortion involved with the fog that you would expect in a real world situation. If there was fog in between you and that, that image, that the object, and you're taking a picture of it, well, you know, that would manifest in the picture. And it does, I think, you know, um, I think, I think that also goes in because basically I'm sorry to cut in, no, no, but absolutely. like if to springboard off of what you're saying when, uh, that the time of day is basically the, the going argument for the, and a little bit of what they've said, the accounts from the trends, uh-huh. um, is the going argument as to why it's a foul. Like this is a hoax and all this. Yeah. Cause but it's I think, of some of the, the, the shadows on the barn and stuff, right? That and also due to it being uh, stated that it was in the early a.m. and vice versa, the afternoon or well, whatnot. Yeah, the, the, like that, they say that the picture was taken in the, taken in the afternoon, but there, there has been um, experts that claim that due to the shadows uh, prevalent in the picture. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That plays into it. It being a cloudy day. Yeah, yeah it would support it, it, supports it being it early being. in the morning, but. It is overcast day, so you really can't use that type of data because they're, they're, you in the picture itself. Even though the the picture isn't a high resolution picture, you can tell that it's definitely overcast day. It's very foggy, very cloudy out there. You know what I mean? So I mean, why would you expect uh, shadows to line up the perfect way they ought to, depending on you know the sun's triangulation, whatever you know? Right, and that's that's my point when it, when they go in on that fact right there. I'm like, well, that. 
totally makes sense to me that somebody who's just, you know, at me at first glance, at, back in the day when, you know, you really don't care about time, uh, you know what I mean? We have all been a kid at one point, obviously, and we would keep track time with just the time of day. I mean, you just look them into the sky and you're like, oh, it, it's almost dinner time or, oh, it's almost, you know, nighttime. Oh, you got the, yeah, you got the internal clock, yeah. Yeah, the eternal clock. So, I mean, when it comes to the, the account witness and when they took her testimony, I think that's a legit, like, yeah, she just gave it out, like, how she said it. And, I mean. As far as the explanation of, uh, you know, it being a uh, a side rear view mirror from a truck that's being suspended from the, the those, uh, those power that. lines. I don't believe that. To, I, I to can't me, believe that. Yeah, to, to me, um, I think that the picture would look a little bit different. I, I think that that object would be just a little bit more clear. It, you you wouldn't have that fogginess, you know. It, that, no, you you would have some skewing around the object itself. I mean, if you would, well, go it'd be more crisp. Up is here. what I'm saying. The object itself would be more crisp. Right, and then but like if you look up a 1950s uh, like picture of you know people playing baseball. I mean the the greats, you know Babe Ruth and all of them. Like it's similar to the type of photo equipment that they're using, and if you know even at that day and age, the equipment that the they would be using to get the baseball players down, like to get their images shot. They'd be using like the top tier equipment in their what yeah. they could get. So even then, you see irregularities in the images. Like you'll see the bat when it's being swung. Is it, you could see it when it's about to make contact with the the ball that the ball is skewed, but the bat is like you can read out the bat. Um, I feel like the ball is moving at a much faster speed than the bat. And if the bat, like just how it moves and how the image will sit when it's taken. So I just feel like if it was an object that was like, it would have to be suspended in a more still manner for them to get the shot that they had. So that makes me feel like it was, it, I mean, she even said it was slowly moving. So that means it was doing some sort of holding pattern or some sort of, is lumbering motion and I think that would give them the time to be able to take that image and if it was a disc being thrown like a frisbee you would see that distortion in the image and the antenna sorry just take a sec the the antenna on top even like wouldn't be lining up yeah if that makes sense like it would well be, so you're talking you're talking about the uh the explanation that this was a hoax that, that they basically took one of those mirrors and just chucked it. And that's why you don't see uh, any real evidence for wires is because you're, the photos were taken in mid motion while that mirror was being chucked out, out, out uh, into the field. You know what I mean? But I mean, while I mean, I, I tell you what, that could be possible if they had absolute perfect timing and if they had tried it a ton of times, Cause that, exactly. that's not, yeah. that's like, yeah. that's not one of those, like, uh, it's like that, that, that channel on YouTube, uh, dude, perfect. The one, the one clip of, uh, well, I think that I, I've, I've watched a couple, the well, yeah, they, yeah. they show it, they show it sometimes like some of those like perfect, like a uh, baskets that they make and stuff. They have to try that, you know, hundreds of times before they actually make it. You know what I mean? So if this was a case like that where they were just chucking that mirror out into the wild blue yawn or they're trying to uh, get a perfect picture, well, that, that negative reel would have shown you that they had tried it more than once. Uh, on the reel, the, um, there's only the two, the two photos. You know, so Right, and they had to wait a hell of a long time to get those things. It was expensive to get them processed. 
So it, for them to wait the, the, the amount of time that they did uh, the rest of May, shoot it for Mother's Day, and, um, yeah, get family and then photos. go into June. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then in June that they had it developed, or they could have had it developed still in May, but I mean, the point was is that they, they conserved that role like it was money being spent for each shot. So for them to even grab the camera and take a shot of an object in the sky that could be very well just some some crap like that's money and money out of their pocket oh, yeah. and they wouldn't be doing that if they really thought oh, it wasn't a moment let's not forget that like taking a picture or having pictures processed or even having a camera back in those days was a luxury like that was one of those things where like hey look at we got a camera look at this thing dude you know what i mean it wasn't it wasn't as common as everywhere everywhere you look nowadays there's a camera on everything you know what i mean whether it be your your laptop or your tablet your phone obviously you know um it, there's a camera every damn where you look you know and, and it's something that has become so commonplace we really take it for granted you know but so back in those days having like a, a nice camera or even like a camera that you know you could take your own family photos on that was a big thing you know that that wasn't something like you just said agent kruger um it wasn't something to be wasted you know but if if they were trying to gain clout or you know uh you know present a hoax as fact I think that they wouldn't have waited to fill out that role, you know, to take family uh, photos. They would have, they would have got that thing developed right then, yeah, you know, as exactly. soon as they could have. Exactly. And to play into that, like we're stating that this was like a piece of technology that was advanced for the, the day and age. I mean, to have your own ability to take your yeah, photo. Not necessarily I mean, advanced, but it, not, not common, oh, you know? I would, well, yeah, but I'm going to say it advanced to the, to the hour-long photos that it took in the Civil War photos and whatnot, or in the, if you look back in the 1800s when it took an hour to process one photo, now they had the ability to get a collection of photos on a roll, then have it processed. So in in that day and age, that is advanced, in my opinion. Like for a farming couple, like that that's pretty big. And to go off of the the developing of the reel itself would it's exciting. That's something that they would be looking forward to if it was something that yeah. so to play into the to my belief or my opinion that this was a legit experience that the Trent's experience themselves was that they witnessed something that was so unworldly or something so captivating that they one took the photos to, that's going to cost money to take them. But not only that, but like they didn't know if it was right, like they sat there and were like, is this going to get us in trouble? Um, is that real? Did we just see something that, you know, is out of this world? I mean, literally out of this world. And they did, in my opinion, they did. That explains their actions too. Like what we we're talking about before they, they didn't go out immediately. So yeah, that, that only adds to their, their credibility in my opinion. I, I believe I, the word of farm folk way more than government folk, at least, you know, when you've it's been a story that's told for this long to these these two people these two farmers deaths to their dying day and a year apart from their death days i mean the wife uh evelyn died in 97 i believe and then uh paul died in 98 i could be wrong but i think that was like just they they loved each other obviously that was clear and i mean Heck, the father saw it, and they weren't even hounding the father, if I'm not mistaken, for quite, like, answers. I think this was a legit event, and it was played down. I mean, it got viral, as we saw, but if you don't want to 
to, you know, admit something's real, you're not going to keep hyping it up. So it makes sense that, like, they're not going to keep saying, like, or they're going to throw so many debunked theorists and all this at it just to keep people from not talking about it. And then you have, like, I mean, just for the negatives in Life Magazine to quote-unquote misplace the photos, like, <laughs> what? Like, and then have it find out that it was tossed around like a, like, you know, if you're in the inner circle, you get to see this image. Because that's a legit image. It's a legit, like, hey, guys, you got to see this. You know what I mean? If I had something like this, it's a hot commodity, you know? Like, I'm going to tote it around. But even experts that got their hands on that image it's a real physical metallic object that's there. I mean, it's still to this day, it's still, I mean, I think that's, yeah, I, I heavily believe that this is an event. And then you can also go towards actions, because in my opinion, actions speak louder than words. And you look at what the trends did, right? They, they never tried to make any money off those negatives. The only, the only fuss they ever made was about getting the negatives back. Because, you know, the, the, like you just alluded to, there was a, a long period of time where they were supposedly lost, you know, where the, the Trents were told that they were going to get it back, but they didn't. And not only that, but they, they, they were also told that they were lost, uh, but they weren't. You know, it was just kind of, I, I don't know, it's kind of a weird situation because it almost seems like they were being hidden from them. Like these negatives were so, you know, good that I guess, you know, like there's nothing that they could prove that was tampered with these negatives. So they didn't want to give them back to them because they were, you know, a valuable piece of uh, evidence. And, and uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's almost like it was kept as like a, uh, Hey, look at what I got kind of, kind of thing. Like, Hey, yeah. Like you said, you're part of the inner circle, you know, of, uh, you know, uh, reporters or something like, I guess, I don't know, uh, UFOologists, whatever, you know, but, um, yeah, to me, it kind of, uh, you know, it, it kind of adds to their credibility, you know, because they didn't put up a huge fuss, you know, only, only when they had to, like I said, because they were just getting effed around with, you know what I mean? As far as being told, all right, well, are the negatives lost or are they still in existence? Somebody knows where they are. Somebody doesn't know where they are. It's like, where the hell are these things? You know, but, uh, they were, they were, uh, found and returned to them. Correct. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. So what happened was like, you're talking about the photos. You mentioned just how strange it seems. So the photos were lost, like you said, from Time Magazine. But when the Condon committee wanted to investigate this particular incident, somehow they mysteriously were able to locate these photos. So the Condon committee went from uh, 1966 to 1968. So that's 16 years later. These photos have been lost this whole time, supposedly. And then out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got those. Oh, here they are. are. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) you want to look at them. Okay, here you go. So that seems very, very suspicious to me. But after the Condon committee was done with them, they quote unquote got lost again or mysteriously vanished, which it's, it's gotten to the point where if it doesn't vanish when, with these cases, that's when it's like, wow, they didn't lose the negatives. That's weird. You know, like that's the exception, (laughs) but they lost them again until a researcher by the name of Bruce Maccabee was able to locate them again. And finally, after all these years, in 1975, after Bruce Maccabee looked at them for his investigation, then they were finally returned to the Trents in 1975, 25 years after the events, give or take. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's sort of... That's crazy, too. That, that's a very, very truncated version of the, you know, the lineage of the negatives for this case. 
but it's very suspicious to me. I guess I'll I'll continue talking a little bit about um well first I'll start about the uh the Condon committee. They investigated it. Well originally Project Blue Book looked into it, and then later on, much later on, the Condon report. That was an Air Force investigation. Basically, the purpose of the Condon committee was to debunk UFOs, essentially. Well, I won't go into that particular incident because it probably deserves its own episode. It's a, it's a whole other thing. But it, they when they did that, they had an investigator, an astronomer, um, actually look up, or not look it up, actually examine the photographs and sort of analyze them and see what he thought. That guy was named William Hartman. And he's the, he's the guy who did it for the Condon Committee. Oh wait, I'm I'm sorry. I gotta ask this, but uh, I know you know this name, and but also an involvement. Uh, one of the UFO skeptics was Philip J. Class, wasn't he? Also the one that was also involved with the uh, other sightings with Travis Walton. Yeah, remember you you mentioned him on the Travis Walton case. He tried to pay off a witness to lie. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, most of these big cases. He's weighed in on. And I don't really pay much attention to what he has to say because he's pretty much makes stuff up, attacks people. He's yeah, he's not reputable at yeah. all to me. I just saw, I just saw his name pop up and I didn't notice that until now. That's why I'm like, correct me if I'm wrong, right? Like that guy was involved in the Walton case. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Then that right there, like the condom committee, the, like I want to call it because they like to take <laughs> the fun out of everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they they're just trying to they're. Wow, what the hell? That totally blew my mind. Wow. Yeah. What the hell? Hartman did some analysis and he he looked at some different things like actual sciencey type stuff and you could find his report online if you look for it. But basically he looked one of the things he looked at was uh the densitometric analysis of the photos, which I don't really know what that is, but it looks at like the different light levels of things. And one example of what he looked at was the underside of the UFO is lighter than the underside of the oil tank in the picture. And this suggests that there's some atmospheric light scattering, which I think you guys kind of mentioned that earlier a little bit, but this could only happen if the object was big and far, not small and near. And the reason for that is because in order to account for the light levels, if that was a small model hung from the wires above, then the bottom would have to be so bright that it would be like a flashlight, basically. It just isn't really possible for something like a normal object to be brighter, especially if they're similar materials. So the only way to explain that is that it's far off. And that's, that's one of the things that he looked at. And he also looked at just distances and basic calculations and stuff like that, you know, using science, essentially. I, I won't go through all the boring details because they're very boring and I'm really bad at math and stuff. But essentially he concluded that this is Hartman for the Condon Committee. He concluded that it was a real object and that they were not hoaxing it. Um, he didn't seem to rule out a hoax entirely, but his conclusion, well, I have a quote. This is, this is what he said of the case, a direct quote from Hartman here. Um, he said, this is one of the few UFO reports in which all factors investigated, geometric, psychological, and physical, appear to be consistent with the assertion that an extraordinary flying object, silvery, metallic, disc-shaped, tens of meters in diameter and evidently artificial flew within sight of two witnesses. I guess he didn't count the, um, the father there. Maybe, maybe that's a detail that's incorrect, but 
But Hartman didn't just look at the photos. He also in, he also interviewed the Trents, and he you know he went out to the scene. He did all kinds of work on this. So he's um is a really really scientific guy, really reputable witness in my opinion, or I mean investigator, not witness. Uh, what am I thinking? But yeah, that that was the Condon Committee in you know in a, a summary of what they did. Um, so he didn't think it was a model suspended by wires. He did not think it was some kind of thrown object. He thought it was a real object, but that's as far as he went. Obviously, there's no proof who was in there or what it was, but he thinks it was a large object far away. Um, oh yeah, one other thing I have in my notes that I thought was interesting that they determined or he determined that the object in the second picture was 8% smaller and thus it was farther away in the second photo. And that's a really interesting detail to me because if it was a model suspended from the wire above, then that that kind of rules out, it, it wouldn't get smaller, it would stay the same size, right? Even if it was swinging back and forth a little bit, it wouldn't get 8% smaller in the picture, given the distances involved. It might get like a little bit farther, but yeah, it wouldn't uh, be able maybe, to move enough to, to make that difference. Yeah. Anything's possible, but that's just sort of what it seems like to me is that it wouldn't be able to get that much smaller um, if it was stationary, essentially, because it's stationary, you know? Uh, you, you guys want to discuss something else or should I get into the Bruce Maccabee analysis? Man, let's get into Maccabee's motherfucking ass. All right. So Bruce Maccabee, a well-known ufologist, but he was also used to be an optical physicist for the Navy. So this guy's got some real science chops as well. And he analyzed the photos. Remember, this is the guy that returned the negatives back to the Trents originally. His conclusions were very, very similar to Hartman's. He concluded that it had to be an object behind the power lines. And he bases this on some positional data. Like I mentioned earlier, the photos were taken in two different positions. So one was taken lower and to the side than the other. So we have uh, different positional data and they went and measured the objects in the photo and the distances in the photo that they could measure because they knew exactly where the picture was taken from, remember. And Maccabee used this to sort of uh, triangulate the object in the photo because now we have essentially what's a stereo image in a way, you know, two different vantage points so we can use trigonometry and math and stuff. And that's one of the ways that he came to the conclusion that it was far away. So he's not just basing this on the brightness in the photo, which could be inconclusive in some ways. Like I'm not a, a photo expert, but there's different ways to change brightness levels of an object. And it's not necessarily hard proof in and of itself. But when you combine like the, the trigonometry of, a, of a, or whatever, of the data of what he was seeing or, or what's in the photographs, then that makes it a lot more, you know, more evident that it's far away, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. I guess this is a good time to talk about Jim Oberg, as good time as any. When I was looking through different things on this case, I found, so Jim Oberg, he's a, he's a hardcore skeptic like Philip Klass or whatever. In fact, he's, he's still around. He's often on the ATS forums. He'll come into threads and just kind of debunk stuff just for whatever reason. It's like, hey guy, just chill out. We're just having a good time. <laughs> geeking out about this UFO stuff. Leave us alone and go away, right? And it's yeah, always ridiculous. He's, yeah, he's just let us talk about our UFOs in peace. Go to your, they have forums and they have places for you. Go to those places and hang he out there. He seems like a person that really does enjoy on raining on motherfuckers parades. You know? Right, like yeah. He's, he wants to be that, that, party, that party pooper. You know? Yeah, I definitely get that from a lot of skeptics, not just him. But anyways, uh, he, he's 
presented a photograph of the Trent's son standing on a ladder near the power lines. And according to Jim Oberg, the child was grinning mischievously. And this, I'm pointing this out because this is what debunkers do most of the time is it's either some sort of hidden ad hominem attack, you know, an attack against the person attack against their character, or they're, they're kind of suggesting something that's not true or that's not necessarily true. Nefarious. Like this, it wasn't a picture of a child on a ladder. It was a picture of a child grinning mischievously. So he said this, that this photo was on the roll of film with the UFO photos and that this proves that it was hoaxed because basically you have the kid standing on the ladder and that that's probably who hung it. The kid stood on the ladder and he hung it on the wires and whatever. So that that's what he says, Jim Oberg. Now it turns out this photo is actually was taken a month later by life magazine, not by the Trents. So Jim Oberg here is fucking lying. He's He's just making, he's not interpreting data. He's just completely making stuff up. And this is what the skeptics do a lot of the time. If they can't debunk something outright, they just lie. They just make completely make something up out of thin air. Yeah. It seems like they lie in the direction that they believe is like credible, you know, that from their own perspective, like, all right, well, this is obviously bullshit. There's no such thing as aliens in their, you know, from their perspective, and so they're just going to come up with like the simplest, most immediate bullshit that their mind comes up with in order to explain it. You know what I mean? I started thinking, why is it that pretty much every case I look into, the skeptics always do the same thing. They either lie or they make something up or they, they make a case on something that's provably false or they make a case on something that's so absurd that it would just be, it'd just be more plausible to say it was aliens. Like for example, the swamp gas case. Or the Illinois 2000 case when he said, you know, it was, it was Venus. You're like, it's not Venus. That's has not, you know, you're completely ignoring all the data. But so I had a thought, why do they keep doing this? And it occurred to me now, a lot of people think that these people, these skeptics might be some sort of government misinformation agents or whatever, but what if they are working for the government, but not the way we think, what if it's actually soft disclosure by debunking? Now, let me explain that a little bit because it might not make sense at first. So a lot of people, I think it's a fact that a lot of people, if they met an alien in person, if they were seeing a UFO or whatever, if it was proved to a normal person, your average person, that would be very distressing to them if they had proof that aliens existed and were visiting to us. In fact, some people would just flip right the fuck out, I think. you know, panicking or whatever. So what this debunking does is imagine that you're looking for an authority figure to give you an answer and they give you an answer. You're looking for the answer. You don't care what it is. So somebody who would be prone to panicking over the aliens being real, any explanation at all will satisfy them. They'll say, Oh, Oh, that's all it was. Okay. Thank you. They don't care to look into it. They don't care to find out if you're lying to them or whatever. They just want to be reassured that whatever is going on is not going to disrupt their worldview and their daily life. They're not going to phrase it like that, but that's really what they're looking for. Please tell me government that this isn't true and that I can go about my daily life and not worry about an alien invasion because that would be very stressful, you know? So I think that, that maybe these debunkers, that's how it functions 
so that people who are skeptical of the debunking and they're like, wait a minute, this is a good case. And they look into the case and they say, wait, this, this debunking effort doesn't hold up at all. But that sort of person who's going to do that is probably not going to be the person that's going to panic if they get evidence that aliens are real, or if they believe aliens are real, or even if they saw a UFO themselves, they might react a little differently than your average person. So it occurred to me, maybe these debunking attempts throughout the years are not an attempt to debunk the cases outright, but it's an attempt to sort of do soft disclosure and at the same time, prevent people from panicking who don't want to believe that it's an alien. It gives you the choice. Do you want to believe that this was an alien or do you want to believe that this was a hoax? They give you that choice by providing uh, an explanation that's so absurd that it's unbelievable. But if you want to believe it, you can choose to do so. That's So that was my kind of my idea. And I was like, holy crap. I wonder if that's what's happening here with all of these I cases. Wanna, yeah. yeah. What's well, And that's I want to point, point something out to go off of that because I'll forget it if I don't. I apologize, Agent ETA. I got to say Man, you better it. fucking but apologize. It, I'm sorry, but I got to say it. But even to, to, ta- to, to go off of what Agent Anderson said is that there, the time and era that this happened, so many negatives could have come from just admitting to this from the couple. Like there was, they they would have been chastised half the time. You know what I mean? Like there was this, there would have been negative connotations with them just being outright like, oh my god, it's a UFO. Oh my god, oh my god, I believe in aliens. This and that. So like the genuine fear I feel for these people that they had and the apprehension to even get these photos developed, I I I think that that really plays into more of the truth that they. We're telling the truth. Yeah. Well, and that kind of branches off into, you know, a very common, you know, uh, storyline that you see throughout a lot of different uh, UFO observers or, or people who have been, you know, people that claim to have been abducted, for example, um, the scrutiny that they have to go through. And, and the people that really, truly believe that, that, that what happened to them really happened I feel sorry for them. You know, I'm not psychic, so I don't know what is truly, what is the truth. You know, when I hear like uh, any kind of uh, testimony, uh, you know, whether it's a case of abduction or uh, just somebody observing something, I I kind of feel sorry for these people, man. I really do. Because even to this day, they they, they really do get scrutinized. You know, I mean, people get called crazy and stuff and, you know, in the the local circles and stuff also, it affects them greatly, you know, because it's it's one of those things where most people that that aren't into this type of uh, realm of uh, knowledge, they they don't know much about aliens or, you know, the whole uh, sphere of, of, of experiences people have had. They're going to look at it like, dude, you're fucking crazy, man. I don't know if you're, you're not the person that I thought you were. You, you know what I mean? I think that's fair. I think that's fear. I think that is because it plays into like 
it's going to shatter the reality. So yeah. what does it? Well, what, it's what definitely going to affect the reality. That's for damn sure. You know, and it makes it more of a circus when you have these half-assed like theory or yeah. ufologists that are trying to come up and debunk this. Is because they're take they'll take any little inconsistency at face value and immediately attack it as the weak point. Absolutely, and that's when it creates and they'll concentrate, a circus. Concentrate on that weak point too. You know, so exactly. so I know that I've heard some some. Uh, claims about inconsistency when it comes to uh, the story of the trends. Um, one story goes that like, you know, the, the, the common accepted story is that, you know, they, they noticed the flying object or who was it? Was it uh, Evelyn that noticed it first? And then she told, Correct. yeah, yeah. She, she said, get the camera. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then the inconsistency and to go and play into what you're saying was whether the camera was, or whether Paul was in the house when she saw it, or whether he was there by her side at the rabbit coop, yeah, or whatnot, exactly. to see that at the same time. Yeah. So and whether they saw it at the same time, or they saw it like within like the the same five seconds. To to me, like that's that's such, it's, it's such a small fucking inconsistency that like why would you even? That makes no difference. Does does it really I make any difference? Is- I think we can look you into other, uh, the only difference that that would make is people that would fly off the handle when it comes. And I, maybe I'm a little outlandish yeah. in this comparison, but with murders and like how it comes to people recounting their uh, eyewitness report, how it's like, oh, he was wearing a black shirt. Oh, you know what? He was wearing a red shirt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's but just, like when it comes to it's those type of inconsistency, I'm sorry, but like even the OJ, like there's there's always going to be those inconsistencies OJ. because we're trying to fetch a memory or something that we saw that could have been <laughs> a traumatic experience or whatever it was, but our brain tends to know what we want before we really want to know what we yeah. want. Well, I hope well, that's but your not. Brain, your brain is going to be expecting different things when it comes to diff- two different cases like that. You know what I mean? There, there's different expectations that your, your subconscious is going to automatically assume. You, you know what I mean? So, but there's still that room for the outland. I mean, for the the... Or so to ground reality is like oh no like sure. you'll hear you'll see you'll read some of these murders and they're like oh that guy was possessed by a demon and or he he even admits that he is possessed by huh. some sort of devil or I think whatever the hell uh, it well, is. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know about that kind of stuff. I think there's I think there's plenty of evil within uh, human characteristics. Like you know what I mean? Like the the, the there's no need for a devil or a, a evil spirit. You know what I mean? Like there's 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 plenty of evil within the human character itself. And I think that's been, that's been demonstrated time and time throughout, you know, many different civilizations, but I, I probably lost the, my, my main argument with it all, but like not even an argument, but my main point was I was just trying to say like the, just we're always going to try to fetch something in our brains to compare that, whatever the fuck that is to something that is relatable. And I think in this instance, the the only thing that they want to slap this and compare it to is inconsistency with uh, time of the the just the time of day or you know who was where and when they were there or even the object that's been shot as like uh, you know like if I really were to I hope I'm not backtracking here or taking it a different direction but if I really were to say like oh yeah that's that's not legit because you could just stand what which what looks like a cornfield or some sort of that's in front of them and it looks to be at height of a human that could 
hide because you see rooftops just barely showing so maybe somebody hucked it up in the air and then they just dropped to the ground and then as it it does that little hang time event you know what i mean but they've already debunked that with the 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 aperture like everything that's in front of us so it's well like what you're saying if it was just hooked up into the air just chucked like a frisbee um that antenna, the, like the the antenna is what would, but you not, know what not I'm just about, that dead not roll. just the that, antenna, but the timing involved with taking right. the picture. Uh, it'd be it'd have to be pretty damn perfect. And, and could it happen? Could it happen? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, it could happen. There's no doubt about and that. And to go back to what we even mentioned earlier is the the expense to even click <laughs> to take the picture. Yeah, like yeah. they would have to, they, there's no way they can be like, Oh, yep. Got it. Like they just have to say, Oh, well, hopefully exactly. We got it. Well, yeah. So, you'd I mean, have to take those, those two pictures and, perfectly. And to do that. You they know, would have to get it developed without having right to away. retry. Yeah. Exactly. And then they would have to look at the failed attempts to the successful attempts. And then either the only, the only way that I, w- I would feel me to be satisfied with that not happening is if the place that, process those images the roles were already processed two other roles before this Does all right that so, here's, so like here's one idea one, one idea that i had while going through the uh, investigation of this case is all right so have you ever seen a clay dove launcher yes so all right I, i'm were just those I'm available just, back in the day i'm just saying well i don't know I'm pretty sure they were. I'm pretty damn sure they were because they're a very simple design and clay doves for sure were in use back in those days, for sure. Um, clay dove launchers can be staked into the, into the ground. And uh, I'm just saying, you know, if I was a, uh, you know, you know, trying to prove this as a hoax, you could take a clay dove and put something on top of it to make it look like a, an antenna glue okay. glue something okay. use some kind of okay. adhesive you know what i mean i hear that i hear that i and think you could get play. well you could get consistent consistent um you know uh, results out of that you know you know what i mean yeah so yeah totally but i think to go against that would be my opinion or my theory about um the 1950s baseball that was being played in that day when an object is like it it's not as the same size as a clay dove but uh-huh. it's still in the realm of like not so big and not so small well what, what i'm saying what i'm saying are it's, so so you remember earlier we're, we're, we were talking about these uh the side river mirrors on on you know the pickups of the of the day you know um you could you could fit one of those in, inside of a clay, a clay dove launcher and and launch that great point that damn yeah. thing oh off. yeah now now but that antenna have to do would be your once fault. Order, that would order. be your weak point is that antenna sorry to cut it but like that would be your weak point is or the, the not necessarily it's right in the middle so it's, it's going to be in the middle of the uh the rotating mass so but how do they cut it so fine in the middle i think there's some they there's, didn't like I mean, what what's, it's like slightly off like you can see if there was in it's in the same position eh, it looks right in the middle left. to me it looks right like it looks like it's right in the middle the, the I think there's a slight list. I think there's like in. I can like see what you're talking about, but 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 also the 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 object isn't parallel in the in the photo. Um, it's kind of uh, listering off down a little bit to the right. So uh, that that I mean, if that was the case, then that would create some kind of a optical illusion, I guess you could say, where right. the left side looks like it's shorter than the right. 
Now, now to a quick question as I ask this. Now, when you see the photos, is the one that exposes the antenna on the top? Is yes. that the second yeah, photo? Yeah, the one, that, or first the one that's photo? like zoomed in. Is that the first or second photo? Like, so second. when we, the, we see it banked to the left? Yeah, and then no, it, I forget which. Okay, I'm the second, sure it's the second is when photo. you see it. It, so then it straightened itself out, and it looks like it's coming. It was banking to the left ever so slightly, exposing its belly, and then it made a course correction to the right where it started to glide down or whatever the hell it was doing. But again, to the, her, Evelyn's account, that it was slow and it's slow moving and lumbering. So then the camera that's being used could catch that. Now, the only thing that I could see that you could get something to move in a slow position like that would be that ha that hang time when you when gravity meets you know the weight and whatnot from whatever the power was being used to throw the object up into the air gravity it it, it slows down and it has that dead spin or that that moment of like zero and, and then it comes back down to earth like i but then again it's like i don't think that's what what i see there in the image because it would have to like what we already said perfect timing and who the hell is hucking up whatever that object is? Like, how big is that object? Because in my opinion, that looks pretty big. I th I don't know. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's definitely so. And we're 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 doing exactly what people still to to this day is debate about it. And that's what I think for something that's such a small account and not much to be really exposed, but just this little nugget has so much to say I, I just it's i think that i mean that's pretty much all i had on the case there's one last thing to say is that there's another case from 1957 from rowan france r-o-u-e-n just google 1957 rowan france and at first glance it looks like identical but if you look more closely it's actually a different shape but it looks very very similar to the shape in this photo in these photos so I just thought I'd mention that for somebody who wants to look at something that's kind of related, but whether it is related or not, I don't know. I didn't have a chance to really look into the Rowan case. If it's a hoax or whatever it is, I don't know, but, uh, there is that. So other than that, that's pretty much, I guess all, all I had on the case. You guys have anything else? I mean, well, I, man, to wrap, I got, well, let me, let me wrap I got up a bunch of bullshit, dude, but like, it does it really like, do we need to record it? Nah, I don't nah. think so. <laughs> uh, I got, I guess I should wrap up with my final opinion, which is, um, I, I'm not sure on this one. I'm not hundred percent convinced that it was a real object, even though all of the scientists that looked at it said it was a real object. There's still something about the photo that kind of makes me be hesitant. On the other hand, we, it's been analyzed multiple times and on the times it's been analyzed, they've said it's a real object. It's not a hoax. It's not a model hanging from a, you know, wire or whatever. So I'm kind of on the fence about this one. I'm not really convinced one way or another. Mm -hmm, I agree. Uh, yeah. And then I'm, I'm pretty much right, right along there with you. Agent ETA thinks that this is a real observation, whether it be a, 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 a human manned aircraft or it be an alien, you know, manned aircraft. I don't know, but I do think that it was a real aircraft that was flying across, uh, you know, the area uh, that the trends uh, were in and they took a photograph in real time, um, you know, in reaction to what they were observing, you know, I, like I said, I don't know if it was a UFO. I don't know if it was a experimental, 
you know, aircraft that the government had, but I do think that this is a real picture of a real observation that two individuals had. That's my opinion. Agent Kruger? Agent Kruger definitely believes that this was a physical object that was being witnessed by the two farmers. Um, and that I think it the objects that... I had my own question whether to compare it to other objects that have been seen. And, you know, I didn't know about that France photo until you mentioned that. And that that looks quite strikingly similar. And not only that, but... If you look at the most recently, the Pentagon approved uh, videos of the flying unidentified flying objects that the Navy was able to clock in on, uh, they have a little bit of similarities too. I mean, whether it, like, are we seeing the, the object that we see in the photos? Is it in the right direction it was supposed to? Does it, because like when you see in these videos, it's like a constantly revolving object, even against with huge heavy headwinds. I just, I I think in this case, you know, I think it was an actual event. And I think w over the years, it's been downplayed and scrutinized just to not cause a panic or stir in the public. Um, and I think the validity from the two farmers, it's legit. I mean, to their dying day, their story was consistent. And they they were genuine people. They were not people trying to get a dollar or instant 15 minutes of fame. They they just were hesitant to even come forward with their story. And I think in that, that just goes, that just shows they're legit to me. All right. Well, I guess that's all we have for you today. Thanks for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. Do you have a strange event UFO sighting question or comment for the show? If so, send it to alienconpod at protonmail.com. We would love to hear from you.